Hello, magic seekers. You are listening to the Little Scraps of Magic podcast, where you're invited to journey to the depths of your soul in search of pleasure, peace, truth, and grit. Here, you'll go within as you listen to conversations, meditations, and life lessons that will guide you back to your power, help you regulate your nervous system, and remind you that magic is real. I'm your host, Steph Traska, a life and embodiment coach, energy worker, mom of two crazy little boys, and at my core, a wild earth goddess. Whether you're in an energetic space of power and joy, or you're feeling shattered and stuck, it's my mission to nourish you back to your divine wholeness so that you step into your day and life with deep trust and an open heart. Now take a cleansing breath and open yourself up to receive today's little scrap of magic. Anything you want to do. loves and welcome back to another episode of the little scraps of magic podcast i have for you today another bonus episode (laughs) we are still in that liminal space between seasons one and two so today's episode is one that was recorded in the fall of 2023 so just a few months ago when i was featured on my friend kelly mcintee's podcast the what if podcast she named this episode what if the magic is closer than you think so we talk about the origins of Little Scraps of Magic, my business, as well as the podcast, and the way that I strive and wish to see the world, which is through the lens of magic, where we can find majestic and ethereal and blissful moments in the mundane and in the everyday, where we can find purpose and growth and meaning in moments in our life that may be filled with heartache, grief, or confusion. Um, So I talk about a few of those moments, those pivotal turning moments in my life, moments where I learned to switch from that victim mentality into this position and assumption of opportunity and possibility, right? Being able to rewrite the story for ourselves and look at things that feel in the moment like they're happening to us and reframing how they're really happening for us. This brings into the conversation self-trust. This brings into the conversation acting from and really understanding before you can act from, but understanding your desires and your heart's calling and how we can be grateful for things in our lives, but also understand the difference between gratitude and staying stuck where you are. Because so many of us have been told, be grateful, be grateful, stay where you are, take what you have. And That's a different thing, being grateful for what you have, having appreciation and finding the magic. But then we can do that to an extent that we hold ourselves back from our truth and our power. And ultimately, that's what we want in life, right? Is to be in our truth and our power, not to be held back from it. So you'll hear different stories, little scraps of magic that will lead you hopefully to a space of being able to shift your perspective in areas of your life where you might be needing it. So let's listen in to this episode shared with us by Kelly McEntee, the host of the What If podcast. Welcome to What If, a podcast rooted in love, joy, and wild possibility. I'm your host, Kelly McEntee. I'm a mindset coach for life and business, also known as the Founders Coach. My mission is to help you step into that bold woman energy so you can become the founder that's been within you all along. What do you want to say you're the founder of? In becoming the founder, you will learn, grow, see possibility, and be awe-inspired every single day. It's the most beautiful transformation you'll ever experience. So let's dive in to today's conversation. Today, we get to hear from the amazing, wonderful, intuitive, soulful, lovely Stephanie Traska. I said Stephanie because I call her Steph. So that was weird for me to say her whole name. 
Steph Traska is an intuitive life and embodiment coach to probably so many of you out into the world. And to me, she is that. And then she is also just a dear friend, a mother of toddlers, just like I am, a manifester in her human design, if you're familiar with that. So it feels like I have found a unicorn in this friendship that we've cultivated together. And she's a rare person who I get to connect with. And I'm so happy that I'm able to bring her to you today so that you can get to see what the magic is that I see of Stephanie. And it's no coincidence, her business also is branded or titled um, Little Scraps of Magic as well. So Steph, I would love for you to introduce yourself, say hey, um, and tell us about what you're doing in the world right now in the sense of like your business and helping other women heal in big, profound, yet such fun and vital ways. Oh, yeah. Well, hello. Hey, it's Steph, a knee, and I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> <that> <laughs> yeah, we're just, we'll just change my name to Steph, a knee. Um, but yeah, no, I'm so delighted to be on the show, Kelly. Thank you for having me. As you said, uh, intuitive life and embodiment coach. And before we started recording, I know you asked me, what should I call you? Because maybe it's a manifester thing. Maybe it's a me thing, but it can constantly be changing. I feel like whatever it is that I am excited about in my life, whatever I'm integrating in my own healing and my own expression, that's exactly what I need to bring out into the world. And so as I evolve, the title evolves too, but intuitive life and embodiment coach still definitely fits. Um, I started Little Scraps of Magic as an Instagram account a few years back when my first son was born. And it's maintained the central meaning since then. Um, little scraps of magic to me has always meant just the abundance of beauty and miracles that exist around us at all times. You know, we are inundated with bad news. We are overwhelmed with all types of stimulation out in the world via the news, social media, uh, other people's opinions, everything else. And it can be easy to get bogged down in all of that and distracted with all of that in our lives. But what I've always known and felt to be true is if we are open and looking for miracles or magic, light, love, there is just so much of it available and it can come to us in so many ways, right? It's like the way that a bird is pecking at the ground for its crumbs of food. Like that's a little scrap of magic. But then as, you know, as we said, with my work that I do with women, I facilitate women's circles. Um, I host retreats. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and group programs. And again, the basis for all of that is finding the magic that exists within yourself, within your soul, within your spirit, the magic that exists in relationships that you can cultivate with other women, with other people, um, and bringing that to life, manifesting that in your own life. And so I've worked over the years, you know, my little scraps of magic as my business. So it started as the Instagram account and it was sharing my journey in Montessori-ish motherhood. I was a Montessori teacher at the time. And and then it shifted into business and mindset coaching for moms specifically. And it was helping women see the magic in themselves, cutting through the voice of the inner critic and, you know, anything that keeps us back from our dreams and our, our life purpose. And then in the last couple of years, it's yet again shifted into really like the more witchy spiritual magic into what can be found within ourselves when we can relate our own lives and that unfolding with the seasons and the moon cycles and just again like the earth's magic that is available to us and how we can use that in our own healing and as you said this healing can be fun so while i definitely have held women through some really really dark times or help them channel their rage in really positive ways I've also always said healing can be fun, right? We can heal through laughter, through dance, through silliness, through permission to just be wild and free. And so it's really hard to sum up as now you may all know from hearing me in this little ramble, it's really hard to sum up what little scraps of magic is and what it is I do because it is so ever evolving and it's so open to 
to whatever magic we can channel and whatever we're looking for in our own lives. Mm-hmm. I love that. And as you're like explaining it too, I just think of like my own grief journey. Like that's, that was like the, that is, it was like the depths of like such a hard time. And yet there's so, even in that, like there's so much beauty in it. And I think like, that's been like the essence of my life from that experience is like seeing the beauty all around. Um, But then too, as you're describing and explaining like little scraps of magic, um, it made me think of, so I went to a retreat that Stephanie hosted um, a few weeks ago now. It was in Ohio. It was gorgeous. And we were to bring something that was like a sacred object to us. And I forgot my thing completely and my hustle bustle getting ready of travel. And I remembered that while I was on the airplane. And then after getting off the flight, I had to tie my shoe. And so I went to go to a chair to go set my foot down to tie my shoe. And I saw a penny and, you know, the saying like, find a penny, pick it up the rest of the day, you'll have good luck. And so in my head, I was like, I can never not pick up a penny because you're going to just bypass. That's bypassing an opportunity. Um, And when I picked up the penny, there was like a quarter next to it too. And so that was like my, then what became my sacred object because it just reinforced the experience of the travel too. Of like, it actually all gets to be so easy. Mm-hmm. It gets to be like so fun and easy and delightful. Like there was so much work that went into packing and taking care of the kids. And I'm explaining this as if like you're listening to it as a metaphor for life too, right? Like there's so much work that we go through. And then there's like those little pings and those little things that like, aha, yes, it's all okay. All this work is good. I'm exactly where I need to be. Mm-hmm. So um, I just love how what you've created can touch on so many things. It can go into like the depths, like you said, like the depths and darkness of hard times and tough times and like helping us see like the beauty in the cracks, like even in the tough stuff. But then it's also like it's it being intentional and creating like these bigger, lighter, spacious opportunities where the beauty and magic is everywhere. Um, And I'll say too, in going into your retreat space, like just the space you cultivated, like that alone was a transformation for me of like, oh, there's like nice stuff sitting mm-hmm. around and the flowers yeah. are pretty and the cute little pumpkins and oh, we're going to add flower petals to our tea. And oh, I love that lip color. Like, just like for me, that was my biggest shift is like the little scraps of magic are in the little details too. So true. They can be, I think too, we've been fed this narrative that magic has to look like this huge explosion of confetti and fireworks and um, it doesn't. Right. It can be like the flower growing in the crack of the sidewalk. It can be the flower petals in your tea or a milk frother to make your coffee just that much more heightened and special. Like the the ways that we can infuse wonder into our lives, there's no shortage. Right. And it, it's like no matter what's happening in your life or where you are, there is some way to invite in just this more divine expression of how you want to live and how you want to be and how you want to make people feel. Yeah. I think just as bringing this up, I hope it like removes pressure for people because if you were talking about like the magic can be in the small ways, it's also making remember me remember um, I hosted a, like a afternoon retreat a few, a week before going to your event. And um, we were talking about like naming our desires and the same can be that like that can be true for desires too, that we think they have to be like this big audacious thing. And I'm all about like, yes, go big, go for that audacious, impossible goal. And also like your desires can be in those little things. And I remember in that afternoon, I told, I named a desire that I had, and it was just a silly, simple one. I was like, I want matching Christmas pajamas. And I could feel like the lightness wash over the room where they were like, oh, Like it can be this small and simple, like I can have my desires and what I want and magic in the moments every day. I don't always have to be like pushing and striving towards this like big goal to prove something. And it's like, yeah, no, it's like matching pajamas. 
if you want that. Great. Right. Yeah. Yes. And I, when I'm coaching with women too, and, and within friendships, like that's one of the things that I really zero in on is starting small actually is the best way to send that message to your body and to your mind and to your soul that you are made for the things that you want. So it's like starting with something small, like Christmas pajamas. And it's not that you have to graduate to grand desires that are like, you know, really intense and wild, but if there are big things you want to achieve or do that you feel held back from in some way, maybe you have the inner critic or these voices telling you that you shouldn't, or you couldn't, it's like, okay, start small. Like literally one of my first practices in desire was selecting a coffee mug every morning. And Mm. now it's become this thing where I'm like buying these beautiful mugs from one of my former clients. And I have to have every single one that I love, but they're, they're hung up, you know, on, on these hooks under our, kitchen cabinets. And every morning that's how it started. Just like, Hmm, which mug do I desire to use today? Mm -hmm. Not just like grabbing it and filling it with coffee, but, but like, can I imagine myself curled up and what am I wearing today? And what my, even my pajamas, right. I'm wearing gray, a gray slubby t-shirt and and (laughs) brown sweatpants right now, but you bet your bottom dollar I thought about which mug would look good when I (laughs) to be paired with that outfit but it can be that it's just imagining yourself right in the christmas pajamas with the family and what that feels like and when we when we voice that desire and we give ourselves something like that and we do it again and again and again the feelings of worthiness mm-hmm. and the confidence of i can have the things i want and the things i want are meant for me and i'm meant for them it just grows and grows so we start with the little scraps of magic but it it can become something so much greater too mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This is making me think of a story that I'm like, does this relate? But I think it does of like, when we start naming what we want, we become safer to do that as well. And so this story is like safety and naming what you want. Like, no, we're doing this. And also relates to like, it can actually work out so perfectly. So just this past weekend, we were going to a hockey game and my husband was running late from um, some work stuff that he was, had to be at. And we were short two hockey tickets where we thought we had four. So he called and he's like, should we go to the hockey game still? We're short two tickets and we're going to like miss the first period. I was like, yes, we have two toddlers that are like ready to go. We've got our shoes on. We're going, we'll buy the tickets. It's fine. It's not a big deal. So we get there. We're late. The kids are loving riding through the parking ramp already like successful night. And I, when we played it up of like, Yes, isn't this so fun finding a place to park and we get to go around in circles, like <laughs> making it just like so good. But then we got to go in for free because we had little kids, so they didn't make us buy two tickets. And then when we left, we left a little bit early and they were like closing down the concessions and they gave us free cotton candy. So I'm like, what is this? But had I myself as a woman not learned how to advocate for what I want and need and see that in my family, I would have been like, oh, you're late. We're going to just stay home and have a crappy night because of it and be like frumpy, bah humbug about it. But I was like, no, if even we're there for a little bit, like we got to suffice this desire for our kids. I think it'd be fun and it will all work out because it always does. And to like, I always say sometimes too, like it's, it's okay to be delusional because we're already delusional in so many ways on the path of like fear and negativity where I'm going to just, if that's the way, if we're already delusional that way, then I'm going to choose the delusion of like, yeah, it's going to work out so great. And like, Mm -hmm. it always does. And so like when you advocate for what you need in those like small things of like, Ooh, this mug would be so fun to drink out of today. It elevates them to a Saturday night to like what you're creating in your business. And um, so, yeah, I don't know if that story totally ties in or relates like perfectly, but just I think it's just like it's okay to feel like, no, I want this. Even if not all the circumstances align, I still want this. Yeah. It makes me think of the name of your podcast of what if, right. Mm-hmm. And I think it yeah. totally relates. It's like the question of that evening for you is like, what if we could make this as magical as possible? Yeah. What if us being a little bit late actually is going to set us up for an even more incredible evening. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, just asking that question. Um, it can, it can open up all the magic. It really can. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
So now that we filled up everybody with magic and desire mm-hmm. and like all of that wonderful stuff, I want to talk to you about how, like why you're here on this podcast. One, you've always been on my like top interview podcast list for the longest time. It's just, we haven't like had it happen yet. And now it's happening so perfectly because you are featured in the November, December issue of founder, the magazine and the magazine, the theme of the magazine is about hospitality and comfort. Um, and this weekend I was at church and they were, they were talking about, um, it was a conversation about money, um, but they were talking about generosity. And I, it just translated to me of that. That's what hospitality is. It's generosity of your space. It's generosity of your spirit. It's generosity of your time. And it's like inviting people in. And you are in my eyes, like you are a queen of hospitality and anybody who I would say like puts intentionality towards creating community connection, time and space for other people to come together. That requires in my eyes, like a real gift and a real desire to bring that to life. And I always say like, we, we create what we need. So you likely at some point in your life had been like so deeply served by that exact thing that you're now doing and putting out there and creating in this world. And so I'd love to hear from you. Um, And I shared with you before we started, like when I feature people in the magazine, it's like, yeah, I want to know about what you do, but I want like the juicy stuff. Like why? Like, why'd you really do this? Like the real, like behind the scenes founder aspirations and inspiration for what they're doing. And so for you, what, what made you like become so gifted in this, in that sense that like, no, I need to also share this in the world because I know the impact that these women's circles that you host, these retreats that you host, this one-on-one time that you have with clients, like what happened for you that made this like be your thing that you're putting out into the world? Hmm. There's a few layers to that. So I'll go from the the first one that comes to mind is, you know, as a little girl, I was super sensitive and empathetic and intuitive and all these things. And being in the school system that I was, I remember just feeling pretty anxious and out of sorts. It felt like I got dragged out of my cozy, sweet home and then thrust into this sort of like loud, noisy, chaotic environment. And I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do, right? If I wanted to curl up and read a book, or I wanted to spend a lot of time in my imagination or coloring. I remember one of the things I deeply wanted (laughs) as a six or seven-year-old was, I called it a, a, a twig dreaming chair. And it was a a chair made of twigs and branches. And it was built into, right. I said that a chair (laughs) and I would just be able to sit in it and like fantasize and, and have this little dreamy time and dreamy moments. And so it was like, I feel like I was hardwired as this little girl to have these really ethereal enchanted spaces where my soul and my heart could be at rest. And I didn't really feel that in school, you know? And so as I'm, I think I mentioned at the top of the show that I was a Montessori teacher for many years before starting my business. And, um, I feel like part of that too was, uh, came from the desire to create sacred, safe spaces for children. Um, because I, well, I had that in many aspects. My parents gave that to me in many ways. A lot of my waking hours spent in schools that didn't really suit my needs or desires, Mm -hmm. Um, it was really hard on me. I just remember just really feeling sad and heartbroken about it. Um, and so I think, you know, that's one way that it came into play of just, again, the little scraps of magic too. How can I infuse magic into the souls and lives of other people? And it started with children. And now as we see, it's branched up into grown adult women and, um, I guess that would segue into one of the other juicy moments that really, um, made it clear to me what it is I'm here to do and to offer is, uh, where you and I met a few years ago at camp climb hosted by Emma Hicks, who I believe you have in the same issue that I'm going to be appearing in as well for hospitality. So, um, she, you know, has hosted something called camp climb for many years, and it started as a summer camp for creative entrepreneurs. The year that you and I 
went, or at least that we met, that was my first year attending. I'm not sure about you, but Emma had under been undergoing her own evolution. Mm -hmm. And so that particular camp was, was not so much about entrepreneurship, but it was much more about cracking your soul open and, um, you know, really finding connection with your, your true self. And when I attended that camp, I was in the throes of postpartum depression and rage and anxiety after having my second son, Everett, and I was ready to be cracked open. Uh, I knew that, but I'd never experienced anything like what Emma had created and what the other facilitators, the women who were there supporting, holding and leading us. And, you know, I won't go into all the details of exactly what was experienced and how it went down, but, but what I did recognize during that time was I need to be surrounded by women who want to go deep. Like I am so sick of having the same tired conversations about other people, about the cars that people are driving about, like I just enough, right? Like, okay. Once in a while. Sure. Totally cool. Yeah. But not the only conversation I want to be having with other women. Like Mm -hmm. my soul was aching. And that brings me to my third sort of thing, which is, this ancient remembering. Once I began participating in, I don't want to say like sisterhood activities, but that's what comes to mind. But once I started participating in peeling back the layers and stripping down and revealing the true parts of ourselves and allowing ourselves to be held emotionally, physically by other women in just the the most pure, loving, tender ways, it was like my soul began to remember past lives or what my little girl self, you know, going back to that share of like really needing to live inside of my heart and imagination in these soft and tender and real ways. It's like that all kind of came swirling back to me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, those, all those things coming together to create, yeah, that um, need to put it out into the world. And you mentioned at the top of the show too, that we are both manifestors in human design. And so it is like whatever our souls need, whatever we're learning, whatever we're craving, it becomes our mission to put it out into the world for other people. And we tend to be pretty magnetic about it if it's really aligned, right? If it's like really this soul need to bring it into fruition and creation, then people are going to follow. People are going to come in for it because they just, you know, they feel it, right? They feel the magic there. And so Yeah, it was all of those things, I think, working together for me to feel like, okay, I have my own brand of magic and I have my own purpose and I can can bring all of that together to create some really powerful ways for women to connect and to find um, what lights them up, to find deep relationship and understanding from others. Because I feel like in motherhood and entrepreneurship and just in today's society, especially after the pandemic and COVID, like so many of us felt so isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, to be able to create an environment where it's like, yeah, you can have this. Like, and I feel that a, a lot of the women that come to do have that same the phrase I use ancient remembering, like you just kind of see their souls flickering and, and the lights turning on of like, we've, we've had this before, right? We've had this before. And where did it go? And then the beautiful realization of I can have this, like this exists. There are other women who want to connect at this level and I can, I can be a part of it. It's just, Yeah. And so seeing that has just continued to inspire and motivate me to find other ways to create those, um, those circumstances, those environments. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it, for me, I guess, like in hearing you share that, like a reflection back is like, it's, um, it's not just like, uh, healing your inner child. Like, and I think that can, that I feel like is a term that's tossed out in the world a lot now that's like, become like oversimplified in a way um it's it for me I kind of see it as like three prongs for you of like healing the inner child work um but it's more than and then it's also like owning like the woman that you are now as a as a being with that child like wonder infused like even the name of this podcast what if Um, it's because I was, when I was little, I was got in trouble in, um, like elementary school 
for asking what if too much. Like they told me to stop asking questions. Um, And so, of course, we create what like, you know, bothered us so deeply when we were little. And then too, with the work that you do, the third prong that I see is like generational healing. And then actually was just um, like, I literally started crying in the kitchen to my mom yesterday talking about this of like, you're so amazing, mom, and you've hit it. And grandma is so amazing. And it's been like hidden. And we're so like, and even I learned more and more about like, my dad's mom who I never met. And I'm like, she's a freaking what, what, like when I heard like details of her life, I'm like, we are in the lineage of really, really, really strong, amazing women. When we get to know them, when we like pull back the curtain and we stop seeing what's been hidden for the sake of staying small, for the sake of like trying to be liked, for the sake of like trying to blend in. Um, and it's just, for me, it's been so healing to like see my child self, like want to grow and be who she is now in a human adult woman. Um, but then also to like learn more about generations past and like the women who have raised us. And so I know that too has been a huge part of your journey as well, Maggie. Maggie's mm-hmm. a name we call Steph when we're like embodying, embodying her uh, like, highest self and so what what does that like mean to you too in the sense of like how you help women in your own experience with like just gender even if it's called like generational understanding even I just like if that's a coin we could term like right here now like understanding the people who have come like generations before us Mm. That's a beautiful question. Yeah. So, and to shed any light for anyone listening, that's like Maggie, that's her highest self. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my maternal grandmother, Margaret, um, my mom's mom, she died when she was 34 years old and my mom was 12. And so I never, never had the chance to meet her. Um, and she's come into my life in these, since my spiritual awakening a couple of years ago, um, in these really special, beautiful ways where she is just felt. Um, and so, you know, it's an interesting question because on the one hand, it's like, I don't know that I intentionally, you know, have like a, a way that I invite women into their past, you know, into the, that generational, uh, I don't know the word, but yeah, whatever you use. It was so lovely. Um, but it's more for me, I think it's like, it's come through the connection. It's come through the connection with the earth for me. It's like, it's about the seasons of our lives and it's about, um, the evolution of our souls. And, you know, just to quickly go into that, it's like one of the ways that I really bring into, um, my coaching and healing is looking at the seasons. So we look at, um, you know, right now we're in, at the time of this recording, we're in autumn. And so this is a time when, um, it's a, you know, the leaves are falling, things are preparing to go inward, temperatures are dipping, it's getting darker, And so this is a time when uh, we can be reminded as humans that it's okay to let go, Mm -hmm. that it's okay to release, that it's okay to grieve and to shed and to purge, even if that's anger or whatever, right? Because there's all of these parts of our lives and ourselves that are so incredibly repressed. Um, And so nature, I think, offers this beautiful reminder that we too have phases, just like the moon, right? It's not always full. It doesn't always appear full. Um, and so then, you know, when we move on from autumn, we get ready to go into winter and that's a time when everything is bare and everything really goes inward. And it's this time where we can really be primed to rest and to reflect and then moving into the spring after we've had that downtime to just really nurture our souls and go into hibernation mode that we have the space and some of that desire and, and, and motivation for that life force where we can start to reimagine what we want for ourselves. We can envision what that garden is going to look like. We can plant the seeds and, um, you know, it's about reevaluating and reawakening, I would say is like the spring of our lives. And, 
And then the summer when, okay, we've done all those other parts and pieces. And that's when we get to be rebirthed. That's when we get to blossom. That's when um, we can really put things into full bloom. And I think we are fed this idea that we should always be in, in harvest mode and production mode and outward, you know, right. Like the garden should always be lush and blooming. And it's like, no, we have all of these other phases that we need to nurture and, and allow ourselves to go through because without them, what can we be? And so I don't have like a clear link to that generational connection, I guess, but for me specifically, it was, it was getting into this idea of earth-based spirituality, which is pagans, right? Like pagans, they were like, that's what it is. It's earth-based spirituality. It's honoring um, and, and creating celebrations around the mother earth and the seasons and what's happening um, and doing it in a way that uh, incorporates ritual and ceremony. And so in getting closer to the ritual and ceremony that is involved with being close with the earth and understanding the earth and then understanding our own soul's evolution. I mean, this is like a lot about the divine feminine too. It was in all of that, that I began to feel the closeness to my ancestors, right. To those who came before me, who I didn't know, because when we look way, 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 way back, not just to my grandmother, but like ages and ages before that, those women, those people, they, that's how they lived, right? We didn't have artificial light and alarm clocks and, and, and Alexas and Google calendars and everything else. We literally lived by the moon and the seasons and the stars. And so for me, it was understanding that more that helped me feel more connected to the women, particularly, you know, for me, it's always women. I don't know why, but for the women who came before me and how they operated and, and how they nurtured their souls and how they connected in community, you know, and I would just imagine them gathered around a fire dancing and, um, you know, worshiping the moon and the stars. And I don't know if they did that or not, but that's, what's come through for me really deeply. And it's, um, it's, it's made me feel really connected to all these other aspects of the spirit world and of my lineage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. And just back to like reminding us of like the simplicity of it all, like just tune in, slow down, be aware of like where you are and what's happening. And like that, that, that connection to those past from us, like it's inevitable. Like the more we kind of ground into our own selves, we ground into like the ways in which we were brought in to our being today. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing too about just like the, the natural ebb and flows of the seasons and uh, as like a loving reminder to everybody, like you don't always have to be on, you don't always have to be polished. You don't always have to like be in this, like in this probably extremely resonates for you. And I, especially being in the, we talk about the manifest or human design a lot, but I basically translate it. So I am left-handed as a human. So I'm a left-handed person adapting to a right-handed world, notebooks, scissors, everything. Like I've just learned how to adapt. And I see that as the same way with like being a manifester in human design is like, we're not, we're in a world created by people who are called like generators. That's a majority of the the population is like, they're the consistent. We had like boxes, cross things off, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like routine, rigid, not to say robotic at all, because there's, but it's just definitely they thrive on routine, which is beautiful. And for so long, it's been something that I've seen as wrong with me, that I can't be like them, that I'm not like them. Like I can't write with my right hand. Like it's the same thing of like, it's just the way that you were made and like that we get to also be these people who get to connect with the seasons and like we're not wrong for being inconsistent because the way you do your days in the winter especially depending on where you live they are not the same as how you live your life in the summer and they shouldn't they shouldn't have to be either yeah yeah i um as you just brought that up of feeling as being a manifester like oh yeah the generator world which is a majority of the population 
and they do thrive on this routine and the Monday through Friday. And you always felt like there was something wrong with you. It just brings me back vividly to the the space um, when I was a teacher of mm-hmm. I'd go in on Mondays on Monday mornings and I would be, and I didn't know about human design yet. I, I learned so much more about myself when I started my business, when I became a founder, right? Mm-hmm. It like allowed me to break free of all of the chains and all of the rules and all of the things I believed had to be true about myself. And so pre starting a business, pre being a founder, I didn't know about human design. It was just like, well, how am I supposed to show up in the world? What does a good girl do? Right. I was very much a people pleaser. And um, again, anyone listening who is a manifester, you may know are when we are not living in alignment, that's how we show up, right? We show up as people pleasers Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And I was, a, am no longer a freaking people pleaser. I can tell you that, but um. I would go into work on Mondays and I would be so mad. And I remember, I just, why do I have to be here? I shouldn't be like spending more time with people I don't know than with my own family and with my dogs and with myself. Like, it's so unfair that there are five days a week that we are supposed to be at work under fluorescent lights locked in this building until someone tells us we can leave. And then we get two days, two days to like catch up on chores at home and to like relax and to connect with friends and to see your family and to explore the world. And I just remember being so mad mm-hmm. and which for human it. design anger is the unaligned feeling for manifestors. We don't just get frustrated. We're like pissed pissed we're like kind of temper i'm a temper per- like i get angry yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> me too right Rap. that makes sense you're like angry it was and i was Bullshit. felt viscerally in my body <laughs> yeah. and i'd talk about it a little and people would be like in the coffee you know before we'd go off to our classrooms and people would be like yeah okay like might be <laughs> nice to have another day in the weekend but like you could tell they were truly what world are you living in yeah, yeah. and i was like these these sheep though they just start brainwashed <laughs> and maybe some of them were you know but um <laughs> I think what I've learned within human design too, and in other tools that are out there to understand ourselves and our wiring and our makeup more, but it's been such a gift to be able to create my own path and to be living in alignment. And I can understand like, oh, there wasn't anything wrong with me, right? Like I was just not living in alignment with, with what I'm meant to be doing in the world. No wonder I was so pissed and no wonder other people weren't like, you know, right. no wonder you give me these strange looks. They were so happy to, okay, now it's like, we get to do Halloween crafts with the kids and we're doing this and then it's recess and whatever. I was like the bad teacher that would keep the kids out for recess and extra hour when it was nice out because I was like it's beautiful out why do we have to follow a schedule like let them have fun it's life it's for living um yeah but it just you know sorry (laughs) no I love that because it's um too like kind of says like okay I just wasn't at the right space at the right time. Like when we can see that for ourselves, it it goes two ways. We remove judgment of ourselves. Like there's nothing wrong with me. It's just not the right fit for me. And there's nothing wrong with them. Like that's the way that the world operates. And like, that's the way we show up. And for a lot of people, it works really well. Or for a lot of people, they don't know that it's not working well yet. And they'll figure it out when it, when their time is ready to figure it out. But it just, it, helps you like let go of that's them that's their place to be that's not mine and there's nothing wrong with either of us we're all okay where we are as long as we're happy and feeling not even happy but like as long as we're not feeling in that like anger of where we are right like that it's not nothing's wrong with me nothing's Mm -hmm. wrong with yeah yeah 100 percent yeah. Okay. So I love to finish uh, podcast uh, interviews with a question that you, I, you know, this question, cause I told you it, but sometimes when I ask people, they're like, Oh, Oh boy, that's like a singer. Let's think mm-hmm. about it. But um, it's a good one because I think it too, it, like when I work with clients too, I want to like um, create the habit of celebrating more and more. And like, it's okay to break. It's okay to be proud of yourself. It's okay to um, elevate what's good about you already. So I want to ask you, Steph, what are you most proud of, whether it be like in your business, your life, just like this morning, what are you feeling most proud of right here and now? I am feeling most proud of the ability to see my life as happening for me 
and mm-hmm. not to me. And my ability to ask myself, even when things might feel initially like they're happening to me, where is the lesson in this? What opportunity is here? And how is this a gift? Uh, this is not the way that I used to live my life. I was very much uh, in victim mode, very much in the glasses half empty, not half full. And I do attribute some of that for sure, much of that to be living out of alignment with who I was. I still initially go there often, um, you know, at the very beginning of oh, something happens and I'm like, <gasps> why, 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 why? This is so wrong, you know? And then it's always like, so to give you an example, do I have like a two minute story time here mm-hmm. as we wrap up? So what's present right now, uh, the example that I can share is I, you know, I work part-time. I, I started my business so that I could have flexibility and freedom. And so I could be with my children as much as possible. That was the driving goal. And, and what I realized in starting my business was, whoa, this is actually a deep part of my identity. I have purpose. I have passion beyond anything I ever could have expected work or a career to give me. And so over the years of having my business, I've carved out more and more time to work on my business, still, still ample time for my children, but about 22 plus hours where I have childcare and I'm working. Mm -hmm. And, um, just last week, our beloved newer nanny shared with us, um, that she has to step away for maybe indefinitely, maybe a little while. And I completely just love and respect and honor all of her reasons for needing to take some space and some time. Um, and my initial reaction was just, I was sobbing and just like, first of all, she's amazing. And my boys legitimately love her, love her. Mm -hmm. And so there's that like heartache for your kids of like, oh my God, they're not going to have this woman, this beautiful soul anymore. And then it was immediately, oh my God, I'm going to have to replace her. And I need my time to work and I'm going to need to find somebody. And then I'm going to need to like get them, you know, used to our routines and our schedule and like all of the panic and all of the frustration and all of these other icky feelings start coursing through me why is this happening to me? I was just getting into a good routine. I'm taking care of myself. Well, I'm getting things going in my business. I'm creating more momentum. I'm feeling frustrated and triggered and activated by my children right now. I want space. I want space from them. I don't, I don't, you know, what, how is this all going to work? Spend all this time with their kids. Right. 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 And that was my, my driving goal in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, But within an hour of this panic, I just felt this really, really clear message from the universe and from my maternal grandma, my Maggie, this is your time to be with your children. You're not replacing the nanny. You are stepping into motherhood more deeply. You are being called to do some healing. Yep. You're being activated. You're being triggered by certain things. That's right. It's time to work on those things, you know, and to be a better version of you and to be a better mother and to heal generational trauma, you know, and anything else. And, um, and I just felt this sense of peace wash over me. And it was that it was those questions that I have been, I ask my clients and that I've asked myself a lot over the last couple of years is where is the opportunity? What is the gift and how is this happening for me? And so while, you know, I am still for sure grieving, oh my gosh, I am a highly sensitive person. I am introverted in many ways. And so being stimulated by my children all the time, I'm basically going from 22 hours a, work, a week for work to six or seven hours that I'll have devoted to myself and to my business. Um, but it's that it's just like, I'm so proud of myself for getting to the place where I can listen to my body, where I can listen to God or the universe and the plan and just trust like, yeah, this is a gift. This is your next calling. This is where the next lesson is. And, and you get to heal, you get to, going back to little scraps of magic. Like how are you going to create the most magical experience for your children and for yourself this year? Like this losing these childcare hours, this didn't happen to you at all. This completely and utterly is happening for you. And so I'm very proud of the ability to be able to zoom out, feel into what my body and soul are telling me and to just go with it with gratitude. Yes. Cause can you imagine 
like now that you're here in this space. And I think that this is also so common for so many people of like this narrative, of like all these things are happening to me that like, that is a big deal to be able to learn how to see things as gifts and opportunities and happening for you. And I remember I was working with a coach one time and she asked like, what's your biggest transformation? If you could sum it up into like a sentence or two. And I was like, I think I have one word. And I was like, I'm okay. Like, mm-hmm. I'm okay with who I am. And I was like, it sounds like not a big deal. She's like, are you kidding me? That's a huge deal. How many people walk around the world feeling like they're not okay with who they are? And I think that's like, just like the same kind of translation of that example too. Of like how many people like, you know, as you're listening to this, if you like, now you get to hear Stephanie's perspective of her own story of a real life example of like how she shifted from something's happening to me to something's happening for me, like to notice like, oh yeah, I run around a lot like that in my day-to-day life. And to know, like, even too, I loved how you shared like, yes, upon initially hearing this, for sure panic, for sure victim, for sure, like put your hand on the hot stove, but now you don't keep your hand there. It's like taking the hand off and saying like, okay, ouch, that hurts. I'm so I'm tender from this and there's it's okay I'm okay there's opportunity here there's something on the other side of this but we don't get to see those some things on the other side when we're still like looking so deep down the hole so that is like so much to be proud of I am proud of you for that awesome well thank you so much for being here Steph you are just magic I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much for having me. So that wraps up this bonus episode. Thanks again so much to my friend Kelly McEntee, the host of the What If podcast, who generously let me repurpose this episode from her podcast so that I could continue spending some more time in my own wintering space. I will have new episodes coming in just a couple of weeks in February of 2024, so stay tuned for season two right around the corner. Until next time, keep looking for those little scraps of magic. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. It's such an honor to be invited into your space. If you love today's show, subscribe and leave a review so you don't miss a thing. And if you're looking for more in-depth support in your life, if you're seeking to be held and inspired for your growth, I do offer one-on-one EFT or tapping sessions, spiritual life coaching, and other group programs. I always am talking about these on my Instagram, which is Steph, S-T-E-P-H dot Traska, T-R-Z-A-S-K-A, and also on my website, littlescrapsofmagic.com. So please wander over to either of those platforms and see how I can support you more deeply. Until next time, keep looking for those little scraps of magic.